Hi, today we're talking about Rachel's weight cut diet culture, all about fad diets and why you probably shouldn't be getting a car on finance. I am Andy Hodby from Squatsby Strength Coaching. And I am Rachel from Craft Coaching. So you're dieting at the moment, aren't you, Rach? I am, yes. I'm just coming towards the end of a 16-week cut. 16? 16. 16, yes. Slow and steady for me. I, I like it gentle. Yeah, not too hard or aggressive. It's not my vibe. <laughs> it's funny because I'm quite the opposite. I really struggle on like a slow, gentle diet. Mm. I prefer hard and fast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hard, hard <laughs> typical, typical bloke. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I like to get it over with pretty quick. I feel like whether it's a small deficit or a big deficit, it's like a deficit is a deficit. It's a restriction. So I, I fail so much easier on a small deficit. Like it's just I find it a lot easier to just go over and just end up being at maintenance again. Whereas on a big one, like even if I mess it up a little bit, I still still get a good kind of rate of progress. You like the little cushion the cushion for when they go in rough <laughs> yeah yeah the, mar- the margin of error is bigger yeah exactly but yeah how's that going for you yeah it's been going really well it's probably the easiest cut I've done not that I've done that many to be honest um and it has been very manageable which has been nice um yeah um I would say it's probably because of like my starting point so mm. I've yeah where I've, I've done like a couple cuts before the first like proper cut of when I discovered like evidence-based nutrition and training was mm. around four or five years ago and it was like the first thing I did I was like oh let's get shredded then so rather than like build a good <laughs> foundation of like relationship with food or um even like have like substantial muscle mass to be able to be comfortable doing that level of cut that I wanted to do it's like granted I got very very lean but like my face looked like a skeleton or I, w- I felt awful um I was very anxious around like food situations and it just wasn't a nice time um and so after that I kind of came off it did that classic like rebound thing of eating everything and anything for about three or four months and then I was like okay now I need to get into a much more secure position of like relationship with food and just focus on training getting strong and just enjoying those things and those life things and I did that for yeah probably about three four years before initiating this cut and yeah the difference is just it's just insane. It's like I would if I go over like by 50 calories, I could not care less. Whereas before I'd be like, oh my God, I'm 17 calories over my fitness pals in the red. <laughs> and then it'd just be like all hell breaks loose. <laughs> I, was, I had not used my fitness pal for quite a while. And I did a little bit of tracking um just to kind of like get a get a benchmark um a few weeks ago. And I think they've changed the colours. I don't think they use red anymore in my fitness pal. Is that right? I think. Well, see, I haven't tracked massively with this this cut either. So similar yeah. to you, as I tend to introduce it as the benchmark, and and that that stage in the diet, I don't tend to go over, <laughs> over because you're yeah, like first people say so. It's all right. So yeah, I'm not sure if they've changed. Yeah. The yeah, I think they've got rid of the red. So like, if you go over, it's just it's just the same, or it's or they use yellow or something. I can't remember, but I remember seeing it and thinking, oh, they've changed that. That's that's quite a good like little psychological thing. Yeah, people do do that they go over by two calories and go oh my god I've gone over like it's really silly and then the fuck it button goes <laughs> fuck it button what's the fuck it button the fuck it button where you have the like the arbitrary line that you've painted in your diet whether that is if you've eaten like clean eating and then you have a cookie if so for cookie, yeah or if you're calorie counting and you go calorie over and you go well I've gone over my calories now so may as well have 5,000 calories fuck it button 
is being hit and then you just kind of smash them in yeah. one of the most common things i think i work with, with people yeah, yeah. is is stepping yeah. away from that button and being like chill <laughs> chill just, I, I don't know where i first heard it but i always hear the same analogy that oh if you get a flat tire what yeah. do you do do you go around and slash the other three tires no like don't do that that's yeah. exactly what people are doing Oh, I said, absolutely. And I always like the embellishment of doing something like, and then you go and shit on your bonnet as well. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm going to steal that. For sure. I'll credit you if I remember. So you said you were, you were, were you pretty, pretty much a maintenance for those three or four years when you went dieting then? Um, it's a long time. Yeah, probably in and around maintenance. I, I Probably a slight surplus sprinkled with um mm. maintenance so i think i went from about 58 kilos up to around oh i want to say about 68 was probably my heaviest so around wow. so 10 kilos over that time obviously wouldn't all be muscle and and that but yeah it was probably like a slow increase and then back down now to about 59 kilos again so <laughs> did you feel like you did gain a lot of muscle in that time um, yes and no. Upper body. If you noticed in my, and uh, if anyone follows me on Instagram, I only ever film my upper part and usually just my back. And there's a reason because <laughs> I don't have any legs. <laughs> um, so I in the, in that time as well, I I went through ACA, ACL surgery. So I tore my ACL and um, messed up my meniscus a bit as well. I went through two surgeries, and so lower body training was out of the question for about a year. Um, and when it came back, because I had the complications with the surgery, my right leg, I think I spoke to you about this. I was yeah. like, how do I get my right leg to be the same size again? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I had about, yeah, probably a best part of 18 months to two years of not training my lower body properly. Um, so yeah, in the past year or so, so the last year of that kind of like break from dieting was probably good training in the lower body. I, I did see some gains with that but most of it is definitely the top part I'm a little bit top heavy now which I'm not complaining about I think most girls probably would but I'm not <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think that's a bad thing your quads are pretty much um, pretty much equal up now aren't they yeah there's a little bit of difference but I think everyone has a little bit of difference anyway before it's not as noticeable as it was before whereas if you looked at them one would like just be like a stick and the other one would look somewhat muscular um yeah it's about about equally sticky now yeah i don't <laughs> yeah i don't think anyone will notice the difference now if they looked are you, are you going to start exposing your lower half are you going to start videoing it now or are you set on upper body i don't know <laughs> just put loads of layers on as soon as the diet's done just put loads of layers on <laughs> yeah so you're saying you're in a much better place before this diet and that made it a lot easier. Is that an issue that you see with a lot of your clients? First of all, do you, do you have a lot of clients that you take through weight loss dieting? Yeah, so mostly my clients are going through weight loss, probably most of them. Uh -huh. um, and quite often I work with them after they've gone, like tried either with like another coach or or something like Slimming World is a typical thing that like person I work with. Mm, yeah. And quite often 
I'll maybe do because it it, dep- it very much depends on the client that I'm working with. Sometimes they want to see that like initial buy-in of what my methods are are better and they'll see better results. But usually quite early on, I do try to bring in somewhat of like a maintenance phase to be like, yo, this is what like it looks like afterwards. And this is what we're aiming for. This is like food freedom. This is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to not be living to diet. And quite often from that, it takes the pressure way off. And then, so when they then go back into the next diet phase, they're like, yeah, this is, this is different. Um, It isn't the case for everyone. Sometimes I can just introduce the diet phase and they go, oh, I'm not counting sins calories as makes a lot more sense and I can just kind of crack on um yeah it obviously depends on the individual but I, I do think making sure that someone's in for an, like an extended diet period before um getting someone in a good headspace around food and and that will have a massive impact on like the success of that yeah I agree absolutely I've had a couple of slimming world type people come to me, but I think I'm quite fortunate in what my uh, what my kind of target market is. My kind of niche, my niche is is the strength training thing. So quite often they come to me and go, "Yeah, I'm I'm done with the weight loss thing. I just want to get stronger." So actually, it's quite an easy sell to be like, "Yeah, forget forget about the weight loss. Let's just get stronger." And the best way to do that is to just be at maintenance anyway, maintain your body weight. So how do you find with those kind of people that like their relationship with, because I would say a massive part of like my coaching is coaching people through building that. So when people mm. find you and you work with them, is that something that you like? So for example, when people go the other side of not losing weight, sometimes there is that like, Oh, I don't want to gain weight. And that yeah. nervousness around that, like do you experience much of that? Yeah. So I've, I've had both of those things. And even if they're, um, even if they're like, yeah, I'm not bothered about the, the weight loss thing, I would, I'll try and capitalize on that first of all. So I'll say, yeah, don't you? I actively don't want you to lose weight because I want you to maintain because I want to focus on getting stronger and building muscle. Um, so I kind of encourage that, but I'll, I'll see it come out in those people that have come from places like Slimming World um, or what's the other one. No, Slim World is the most popular one, isn't it? Weight Watchers seems a bit old-fashioned, but that's still around as well. More isn't American, it? is it? I think right. yeah, when they went through the rebrand, they attacked American and Slim uh, World. Okay, yeah. so yeah, people that come from that kind of world, but I'll see it come out in like the messages they'll send me and say, "Oh, I was, you know, I was a bit bad today, and I had, you know, I fell off the wagon or something, and you know, had X, Y, and Z." So I often have to go back and have those conversations down the line and say, "Why do you think this was bad?" What, what's bad about it mm. is has it affected your goals what just remind me like what are, what are our goals right now we're not trying to lose weight so why, why is this bad i think they're so kind of indoctrinated into this good food bad food um free foods and sins which is just as bad isn't it is it even worse i think it might be yeah i think cause it covers it up so you can't even dig deep to the problem <laughs> it's just yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a bit yeah. of a interesting perspective (laughs) and then and then taking that that step further so trying to gain muscle as well for someone that's been chronically dieting trying to lose weight if they they're happy to to kind of pause losing weight for a while but then if you say cool i want to build some muscle i want to um explore a surplus with you and gain some weight intentionally in order to gain more muscle i've had a lot of resistance on that 
So um, guys and girls or mainly girls? Just girls. I've never had a guy resist that. That's funny, isn't it? That's all. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are told that we are worth more when we take up less of the world. So, you know. Yeah, take up the space. <laughs> yeah. Be be smaller, be light. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. And actually, like, this is a bit of a digress. And that is something I was, I wanted to do like an Instagram story and I just couldn't get how I wanted to talk about it out. So maybe podcast is a better way to talk about it because since this diet, so like when I've gone back into the gym, because obviously I've dieted through lockdown. So I've gone back to the gym and I'm a lot leaner than before. And I do talk to like quite a lot of people at the gym and so many people have come up to me and gone, oh, you look sick. Oh, you look really, really good. And they never said that before, like when I had a bit more body fat. And I was like, I, I was never that, like, like even if I was bigger, it's like, it's not, it shouldn't be a problem anyway. But I have noticed there's more positive comments about my body. Mm-hmm. Now I'm leaner. Now, someone who I'm like, I actually know, like for me, my best physique is a few kg north of where I'm at the moment, because that's where mm-hmm. I can train strongest. That's where I can have more flexibility with like going to the pub. And like, I've experienced yeah. what it's like to try and maintain being very lean. And it's like, I just don't care enough. But there's so many people that I don't think have that understanding or that perspective. And so they go, oh, this is the thing that I should be because other people are saying, oh, that's the, the thing to do. And that's the, the that's the best thing. And uh, yeah, it's some, I think sometimes it's like, oh, that must be my best physique then because that's when I'm smallest. And it's like, is it because you're sacrificing lots of other stuff? And is that worth a few extra people going, oh, you look sick? Um, yeah, and it's just something like when, like I thought it was interesting when it was being said to me, I was like, oh, I've never actually experienced it. I've heard about it, but I've not experienced it. And I was like, oh, complimenting weight loss. I now see why sometimes it can be a bit of an issue. <laughs> I think that is such a, an issue complimenting people for weight loss because i think almost everybody that that will compliment someone for weight loss won't see what the issue is as well yeah yeah absolutely because i think it's the thing it's like sometimes yeah weight loss is someone has worked like i don't think this is the same to say like weight loss is bad and like it isn't a good thing if someone has because sometimes people are it's been really cool for them and they're proud of themselves that they've like Challenges mm, yeah. have done something and they're really like pleased with the outcome. But you just don't know that from a snapshot of looking at someone, whether the, like how have they got there? Have they done that from what we'll talk about soon about through like fatty yeah. diets? Are they in a really bad place mentally because they've done all those things? And then are you fueling that? Oh, yeah, I have to do all these bad things mentally to get you to this smaller body composition. And that's a good thing. So, yeah, don't worry about your mental health. You're small. So, you know, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I definitely used to compliment people on weight loss. Like just, you know, just like someone at work and, you know, chatting to you and know you're into fitness and stuff and say, oh, yeah, you know, I lost I lost um, two stone or something. Oh, well done. You know, good job. I, I do not do that anymore. I try really hard not to compliment people for weight loss and even clients as well. So. Even as a coach, if you know it's their goal to lose weight, I still avoid complimenting them on solely on the weight loss. I'll say like, "Good job of your training. Good job being disciplined and sticking to sticking yeah. to whatever you're doing um, on your mindset, all that kind of thing." But I try and really avoid saying, "Good job on losing five kilograms or whatever it is." Yeah. So I'll, I'll say alternative, like that person at work and say, oh, "I've lost two kilograms." I'll be like, "Oh, cool. How did you do that? How did you find that?" How have you, if, are you like maintaining that weight loss? Now, do you find that you're more active, are you healthy? You know, so many ways you can kind of explore this in a different way. 
You yeah. say, how, how does that make you feel? Do you feel better? Yeah, now? that was the quick, that's the one I always go back to, like, how do you feel yeah. about that? And then you let them kind of prophesize of, or like explain, oh yeah, I feel really good. And then they don't care that you've not complimented because they complimented themselves and you can move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's really important as well that you said that they've complimented themselves because so many people, I think, I think it's um, quite a tight association, people that are obsessed with weight loss and have been stuck on this kind of chronic weight loss treadmill that they have, uh, they value the external motivation, the extrinsic motivation. So it's other people, other people think of you, whereas actually it should be the internal motivation is what matters and that's a stronger motivator. So rather than me saying, I'm proud of you for losing weight, I can say, are you proud of yourself for losing weight? Yeah, I think you should be. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a hard thing to unlock for like for as a coach with someone and as someone it's like because you will always kind of have those it takes it takes a while for that external motivator to then go internal it's not a case where we can go I'll just internalize it and they go oh okay I'm internalized it now I'm good it's like, <laughs> it's like kind of drip feeding it of like asking those questions of reflection of okay so why has this made you happy or why will that make you happy doing those certain things yeah. I think those questions are like super important um when working with someone do you do a lot of that in, you, in your coaching practice? Yeah, so how, yeah, because that's pretty much how most of my stuff, like I always ask the question of why. I think that's probably the most like common thing. Yeah. I think so a recent one um, this week actually was someone um, said they're like, oh, I just want to look like Kim Kardashian. And I just went and like, and um, yeah, which I think is actually quite a common thing. Like with people that I work with, I think, yeah, the further you go into like the fitness injury, the more you forget that people are still kind of a, that mindset um but yeah so now I asked her I was like why do you think that will make you happy and then she sent like a long voice note back and she was like no one's ever asked me that and I don't know and it's like it's and it was like a you could hear the penny dropping um because she'd worked with like a coach before and apparently she brought that up with him um and he was like well you don't want to look like Kim K you're gonna never look like Kim K went to the like the typical of like oh we never gonna look like her so stop wasting energy but mm that's just like talking to a brick wall a little bit then so sometimes it's a case of like no okay why do you want that and it's like if you want that for xyz then at least you know why (laughs) but like quite often it's a case of oh it's because i want to i don't know it's like that's the thing it's like don't really know i can't even yeah Yeah. maybe (laughs) i don't actually when i think about it yeah totally do you do you get many people saying to you gosh this is like a like a life coach like not just a Oh, it's like a fitness coach. <laughs> Do you get that? Oh, yeah. I'm hashtag not a life coach. I know. It's, <laughs> but no, I think it's very hard not to go through the like the fat loss stuff, especially coming off the back of the people that I work with without even touching on that. Um, very rarely yeah. will I get someone that's a case of here's your calories, here's your macros, crack on. I don't. I think I've maybe had one or two people where that's actually been the case. And I'm like, are you OK? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine why are you talking to me <laughs> like <Yeah. stop. laughs> um but most people it is it is yeah trying to figure out why they've got to the position where they are and what the actual like things that are going on um yeah uh, yeah definitely is life coaching comes into it which I didn't realize I would be getting into when I like was learning about calories or progressive overload and all those wonderful things but <laughs> yeah, exactly I've, i do get quite a few of those kind of clients that are just like super compliant or do whatever you want and you're like do you want to talk about this do you want to talk about 
your goals or like your values and things and they're like nope happy cracking on i think again that's like that's my kind of niche that i've created these um strength and physique people like bodybuilders the classic hyper compliant they'll just like do whatever like how is this diet for you oh like horrendous absolute hell but you stuck to it 100 yeah yeah of course i did like that's classic bodybuilder you know chicken <laughs> and some broccoli five times a day no complaints rise and grind bro all that kind of thing oh rise and grind yeah absolutely yeah so I, I think it's easy as well for some coaches that do create that kind of um niche for themselves to forget that that is not the only kind of person that exists i think that's partly why coaches um some coaches end up going down the road of that like if you don't do what i'm telling you and you don't stick to it then you just need to try harder you just need to have more discipline you know just don't want it enough you just don't want it enough yeah exactly and then and then obviously they get rid of that client they leave and they get someone else in and it's just like a selection bias they're just selecting for these people that they don't have to coach they just do whatever they're told yeah and it gives me a job because I work with the people after they've dealt with them they go oh you actually coach me fab it's the difference between good and bad coaches or like on that scale anyway that um you can identify someone that actually cares about coaching and is, is good at it if they can talk to people in that way and get to the root of their motivations and um motivation is a funny one because I'm not sure how I think it works. Like, I don't think it works like a lot of people think it works, but like to motivate people. So they, they can actually make people do things, you know, rather than just saying, oh, you didn't do it, just try harder, you know. So yeah. it's out. <laughs> just making notes here one time. <laughs> <laughs> you got it nailed. Sounds like you're doing great. So you mentioned fat diets and people coming to you having done fad diets what fad diets have you done in the past because we've all been there we didn't we've not all you know become a nutrition and strength coach in secondary school and then been perfect ever since so what have you done so the ones so i've actually done slimming world for a bit which is crazy because i had the physique of uh no praying mantis for my whole existence so i don't know why i was trying to why were you doing slimming world if you had no weight to lose then what's going on so it was just lots of confusion to be honest so both of my parents have always so i've grown up with my both my parents have dieted since i've known them which has been quite a long time of my existence (laughs) but they when i was going to university was when they started doing slimming world and i wanted to start eating healthily so i don't think i did it for fat loss mm. I was like oh that's healthy that's healthy in um and so that's why I did it for that um and so yeah I would I didn't do it in te- like like massively I don't think I did it for very long but it's I think I understand it quite like I didn't go, even go to any of the meetings and stuff I just kind of ate as they suggested oh, and okay. I was like, oh. like framework yeah yeah their framework and yeah, I didn't really like it. And then from there, I, that's when I went into the gym. And so then I just basically did everything that I could find. And I did it for about two weeks maximum, maybe. Didn't matter what it was. So I did, yeah, did clean eating. Um, I don't think I ever did a, like a real meal replacement shake or anything. Yeah, I was big into like the clean eating. I think I did the Joe Wicks recipe books. Oh, yeah. Um, I downloaded some PDFs from some Instagram bios that kind of stuff um yeah I kind of went through 
And I, the stuff that I think back and talked about, I was just like, you were just an absolute idiot. <laughs> what, what was clean eating? What do you consider to be clean eating? I don't think I know to this day, to be honest. That's the issue, isn't it? Is think, clean eating a fad diet? Oh, I don't know. If, well, yeah, it depends. How, how do we define a fad diet? Mm, that's the question. Is clean eating good? Is it a good diet? I was miserable, so I'm going to say that. <laughs> I just ate, all I remember eating was chicken thighs, potato, like sweet potato, and coconut oil. And just that for most of my meals. <laughs> oh, and peppers. <laughs> just, of course. And I was like, yeah, this is clean. I don't even know if you can call it clean because it was like chicken thighs and loads of coconut oil but apparently in my head at that point I was like yeah this is it this is banging um that is that is the issue of clean eating what are you defining as clean or like good and bad and that's before we even get to the kind of psychological issues with it yeah it's just I think from start to finish a bit of chaos but not like the good kind yeah for for the benefit of anyone listening to this Defining foods as good and bad is just a downright terrible idea. There's no such thing as good and bad foods. There might be good and bad diets, which is the kind of sum of all your foods. But eating one food that you consider bad on, on, on an otherwise pretty good diet is not going to make any difference to your health or performance. And considering foods bad has the effect of making you want them more, doesn't it? Yeah. Excluding them. You get um, get cravings and things for them. So just erase that idea from your, um, from your mind, from your repertoire of diet ideas. Uh, there's no such thing as good and bad foods. You think that covers it? I think that covers it pretty damn well. Well said. Well said. So I've covered some of my fad diets not very well because I, <laughs> like, I just – didn't know I, even at the time I didn't even know what the diet is I was doing I just said oh yeah I'm doing this thing I think I was like I'm doing carb cycling on Tuesday and I'm doing clean eating on Wednesday <laughs> I was like that person let's not talk about her she was she was a dick what what kind of fad diets did you do <laughs> you mentioned carb cycling I'm not sure you can even do carb cycling on a Tuesday because isn't it cycling it from day to day yeah yeah so I've, I did it hour to hour I saw two hour carbs like yeah yeah. So, carbs at nine, but fats at ten. <laughs> exactly. So I I did a, a thing called carb backloading. Mm. Did you remember that one? Mm. Yeah, I remember that one. That, yeah. You're basically sticking the majority of your carbs later in the evening, and it's supposed to kind of help you sleep because you get an insulin spike and then a dip. Uh, and I think it, I think it was kind of popular because it went against the kind of received wisdom of like you know no carbs after six or else you get fat. And this guy turned up and was like, "Turns out all the carbs after six is the solution." <laughs> That's where you've been going wrong before. <laughs> That's the issue. Wrong wrong side of the barrier. You know you're on the wrong side of the road there. Um, so yeah, it was by this guy called Kiefer, I think he was a doctor and he was like, had a physics degree or something, just nothing to do with nutrition. But I, I was sold. I was a, I was a sciencey guy and he did a lot of science speak. And he said, you know, I'm a, you know, I've got a, got a master's degree or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Just a load of rubbish. Did it do me any good? I don't know. Like this was back at the very beginning of my kind of fitness career. 
don't think it did me any harm particularly except for making me want to eat carbs in the mornings <laughs> yeah saving them all for the evening it's kind of weird around that same time i did some paleo as well do you ever do paleo on your many no, that wasn't one that i um that, that wasn't one that i tried yeah so i'm surprised by that because it seems pretty obvious looking back that like that science doesn't hold up i've always been a sciencey guy been into the science um and yeah that just doesn't hold up but i guess that's the benefit of hindsight looking back you're like why didn't why did i do that it doesn't make any sense i think it just goes to show how easy it is though to be led by those things i say you're a sciencey guy um like i wouldn't say to begin with i was that a sciencey girl but someone like yeah as you said like you who's very interested and invested and always has been mm-hmm. in the logical thing even there you're like oh something sexy and shiny over there yeah it can be yeah absolutely Uh, so yeah i did did some paleo stuff which like it's a similar thing to clean eating how do you define that are you literally in foods that were available to paleolithic man well most people that do paleo are not they're they're eating less processed stuff but you can get like paleo brownies What's, what's up with that they're like you actually, I didn't realize. Neanderthals eating brownies made out of like raw nuts and stuff, like such a load of rubbish. Uh, yeah, yeah, you can get all the all the paleo stuff. It seems to have calmed down paleo because it was a huge thing a few years ago. It'll come back. They always do. Yeah, it'll come around again. When they kind of come out the living memory, they will yeah. like roll back in. Um, yeah, come back in into style. Yeah, uh, I think it was big with the CrossFit crowd, paleo. Yeah, that's what I remember hearing about like, that. Yeah, that paleo. Paleo as well. yeah, that was where I've heard about paleo was yeah, from CrossFitters being like, yeah, paleo is the one. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. There's, there's some, I think if like the top CrossFit guys, like the, the actual CrossFit business side, not the top athletes, if the top CrossFit business kind of guys, I can't remember the name, like Greg Glassman and all those kind of people. If they say something, like it just seems to trickle down really quickly in CrossFit, like they believe anything that they say, you know? Yeah, and I feel like this could um, upset some people. CrossFit is like the bang your chest, like you're caveman energy. <laughs> so caveman energy in training, so caveman energy in diet. I mean, it is quite logical. <laughs> caveman energy, yeah. Yeah, they're all, it's um, like functional is a big buzzword in crossfit as well isn't it so they're into functional training and functionally as well isn't it like wherever you go everything's functional all the fun- i just functionally drank my tea it's <laughs> right that's that's it bicep curls are functional for improving your tea drinking just just your right arm that you drink your tea with don't bother with the other arm that's not functional yeah i don't do bicep curls on the left yeah. not, it's not ready it hasn't been functioned all <laughs> Yeah, see, I did some paleo. Um, I, I remember putting butter in coffee once. No. I remember trying it, yeah. I remember thinking, like, I'm not sure about this, but I'll try it and see how it goes. And it was like, it's a creamy, greasy coffee. Like, I'm not particularly into it. Yeah. This must have been before I was in, into, like, super good coffee as well, because I don't think I'd be sacrilegious and put butter in good specialty coffee probably instant so it's probably just all oh, which i do love a bit of an instant but let's yeah, not talk yeah. about that <laughs> yeah yeah don't get me started on the on the coffee tangent rachel uh 
So yeah, we've all done crazy stuff. What do you th- what do you think the worst fad diet is? What do you see in your clients and just general population? Mm. I mean, I think there's it's difficult to define the worst one for me because there's stuff that is like the obvious well obvious to us I don't I think it's unfair to say it's obvious to everyone of like the like the cleanses or like the herbalife and those kind of ones but people figure out quite quickly themselves that it's not like they feel pretty terrible pretty quickly whereas stuff like slimming world it has the illusion that oh this is a lifestyle not a diet and it and you kind of like you think you're not doing the whole diet culture fatty thing but you are. And I think that makes it harder to kind of find the next step. And that's where people get stuck in that for years and years and years. And then if you combine all those together, which is what tends to happen, you just get like a bit of a hot mess. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's pretty hard to define which one is bad because I think that they're, they're, they're challenging for different reasons. Um, yeah, certainly. What about you? What's your take on that question yeah just thinking about it as you're talking i think you're right about those kind of ongoing psychological issues like poor relationship with food is is really damaging it can be really long term as well if someone doesn't end up with someone like you or i that helps helps them kind of improve you know and identifies yeah this is an issue um because of that yeah, I can, it can be really damaging. Do you know um, Christy? Christy, mind, mind your fitness. Yeah, she was on my intake on MNU. Oh, really? Cool. Mm. Um, so I, I actually know her from being a teenager. She's from I think, the same, I think we might have spoken about this before. Anyway, before I digress. I, think I shared one of her things and you were like, oh, you know her. <laughs> yeah, it's a small world, isn't it? Small, small world. Um, but yeah, so she has got a huge following of... Um, like ex Slimming World Weight Watchers people, and like some of the, I don't want to say horror stories, but some of the like issues that she deals with with the kind of relationship with food that some of those people have coming out of those programs, it's it's just like why is, if not a, a, a eating disorder, bordering on an eating disorder. Yeah, I've I've had to refer at least two people on. Have you read really? it? So, so yeah, to um to go to dietitian because it's wow. been that yeah, I just haven't I, yeah, I felt like I wasn't the right person because it is too far like I think that yeah, yeah. like it's the there's the difference between like behaviors that are somewhat disordered and things that are just like if you can just tell this is not healthy and people are like, oh okay, I didn't realise. And then there's ones where it's just yeah, it's been so embedded for so long. It's yeah, um, yeah, and it's important to be able to be able to refer on in those situations. Absolutely, definitely. That shows you how bad it can get if they need to go for actual medical treatment. Yeah, I do think there's it's usually there's other things going on. Like it's it's just but it's something that is obviously not helped, um, and it's like kind of manifested with that yes yeah, i think it's always a case of there's lots of things happening for that to be the result but again it's not something that helps <laughs> at all <laughs> yeah i think so that's kind of like the, the long-term issues and you mentioned like juice juices or shakes like cleanse diets i think they're the, they're the other end of the spectrum but also harmful in that they're really short term so you do like a i don't, I don't know how long is a cleanse like four weeks six weeks depends i think 
however long it is you do like a six weeks juice cleanse that sounds really long say a three-week juice cleanse you know and you lose a load of weight which you would because you're taking in nearly no calories at all Mm. but then you've not learned anything so you put it all back on over a period of time but because it's so short term you think ah i need to do a juice cleanse again yeah i think that's where as yeah the problem kind of comes in of that you then deem it as successful because your idea of what successful is a bit skewed because you think weight equals success rather than all the other things that we know success can be yeah um, and then it's similar to what i was kind of like saying earlier on of like then people are like oh you've lost loads of weight well done this is great and then you go oh, i did it because the juice cleanse so get yeah, feeding back into what you said you go oh. to lose that again you just kind of jump in and out of them um, which, yeah, as you said, that can become very harmful very quickly. Yeah, I, I know I feel exactly like that. That gets to the point where she's like, "Oh, I need to lose some weight. I'm going to do the juice cleanse again." And you're like, "You, but you put it all back on since the last one." She's like, "Yeah, but every time I do it, I lose the weight. So I'm just going to do it again." Yeah, I, I can completely understand why people find like why we lean to that though, because I think we like as it's kind of human nature to want the quick fix thing. Oh yeah. I was actually writing an email on this and just before we jumped on the podcast, and I was comparing it to um, how quite a lot of people like, this is, I don't know if you've got a car on finance, but do you buy a car on finance? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. You do. Okay. So I was talking about like, so, cause I know quite a lot of people that are like living at home still and they have cars on finance and they're spending like 400 pounds a month on these cars. Yeah. And it's, no yeah. Yeah, I know there's ones that are cheap, but it's like, you know, you and I'm sure you know people that do this as well. And yeah. like on the driveway, they'll have brand new, like one series BMW, Mercedes. And the, what you get from that is that like immediate hit of, oh, I'm doing really well. I'm doing really, like, I'm really successful. Look how much money I've got. But then as you know, with car finance, you're then tied into that contract for not only the two, three years, but when you have to pay for that car at the end, they always go, oh, do you want to upgrade? And then you tend yeah. to you. And so very quickly like you could like be spending 40 years spending three three 400 pounds a month on a car and it's like i think i, I was doing some maths on it or well, i put it on like an investment calculator and if, if you invested that same money into like a six percent share over 40 years you would have something like seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds in 40 years time and it's like it's that whole thing of we are very much lent to, we want that immediate hit of, oh, we're doing really well. Look at the validation. This is really, really cool. But if you kind of just took that step back, we're a little bit patient, like kind of drop that validation from, oh, I have to be doing stuff quickly and showing off and impressing. You could then be like retiring on Barbados, not giving a fuck what anyone thinks. And it's like, sometimes it's like, it's. I think it's very much tied into um yeah, that perspective of we want things now, we want it yesterday, and I, I and I, I get it. To be fair, like I do get it. <laughs> it's a really good analogy. I love that. My next question was going to be why they're so popular. Fad diets. Why do people keep doing them? But I think that's that's pretty much the answer, isn't it? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Unless you want to expand on that at all. Yeah, I think we talked about the kind of marketing and convincing people earlier as well it's you will you will know this as well as i do being evidence-based and and um trying to sell people the science basically it's a lot easier to sell people uh, a made-up story a sexy story 
than it is the actual truth sometimes. And the way that science is, it doesn't give straight answers. It won't say, this is it for sure. It says, it's likely that it is this. Or, you know, it, your chances are better if you if you do X rather than Y. And I think people, people that don't, are not exposed to that as much, don't see that in their kind of everyday lives. It's really easy for them to say, oh, so you're not sure? But this other guy's sure, so I, I'm going to listen to the guy that's sure rather than you. It sounds like they're, they're not, they don't know what they're talking about, you know? Absolutely. And even when you are sure, so for example, like if I'm working with someone that has a lot of weight to lose and they say, what's the situation? And I'll be like, you're going to, we're going to be doing something slowly and consistently for three years. <laughs> and then you have another guy over there saying six weeks with no effort. And then I'm saying three years with loads of effort. So <laughs> who are you going to go to? Like it's, and it's like, but, yeah. But I think as well, this is like playing a bit of devil's advocate here, is that I think sometimes when people go through those intense, horrible, shitty things, when they come out the other end and then you then give them, oh, this is the sustainable approach or this is the way we probably should do things. Yeah. They then go, oh, OK, no, I'm I'm a lot happier now to put in this time because fuck what that was. Yeah. <laughs> and I think with that it's like i don't think this negates like the, the like with fad diets is it a net positive or a net negative like i still say in, like my opinion is probably a net negative but yeah. the devil's advocate of like is there any benefits it's like sometimes it can be the thing that makes someone wake up to oh this is the way to do things whereas if they started off with that approach they'll be like oh this is loads of effort Oh, like if you start so for someone that's never dieted before and then you give them tracking macros and calories they're like oh this is loads of effort is it really worth it mm. take it from someone that's been doing slimming world for 20 years and never seen success and has done slimming like juice cleanses to go oh this is tracking macros and doing some steps rather than loads of hit workouts they go this is amazing and then they stick to it and they're happy for the rest of their life <laughs> so yeah i think there's sometimes a bit of like on the other side of like a bit of the discussion there's something with that Hmm. Yeah, it's always controversial. Me and Steve talk about this quite a bit with craft, and we're like, either coaches be like, "That's an awful thing to say," or <laughs> it sparks a discussion. <laughs> if, if that other side, the kind of fad side, the bad side, didn't exist, then people would have no choice but to do the the good thing. But since they do exist, I guess that's the kind of positive is that people do that and yeah. fail and have a bad time and then they hopefully are more convinced by our arguments mm. i just feel bad for the people that fail and feel bad and think it's their own fault and then they go back and do the same bad thing again and, and never, that never find which is yeah. i think the majority of people never find, like this is why i said it's still definitely in my eyes a net negative um it was just yeah. there's that that small string of maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah it makes me so sad i just want to help so so many more people i just want to help them yeah and like but at the same time you don't want to kind of sell out your morals and be like well you know they get clients so i could just do the same thing and promise them the world and get them drawn in but then when they're in hit them with the actual science and stuff you know but i think the people that are getting drawn in by that they wouldn't 
well, I don't know actually because I've never. I don't, would they accept? Do you think if you were like, oh, I can promise you a six day fix, and then they give you the money and they're like, oh, it's going to be two years. <laughs> How do you think that would go down? <laughs> exactly, you can't do it, can you? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think well, just morally, I could, I couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be wonderful if we were in a world where, yeah, as you say, fad diets and this yeah. didn't need to be a discussion. It would be great. Absolutely, yeah, but. Results are the biggest motivator, so that's that's partly why the quick fixes are popular because they see results. But also, that's a good thing for us because if we do get our clients' results, they'll be motivated and, and they'll be happy and they'll stick with you and hopefully recommend you to their friends and stuff. So, yeah. my when I when I'm doing training with someone, say a strength trainee, often they'll come from um, the the kind of classic place for someone that interested in strength to come from is either training to failure all the time, maxing out all the time, doing something like five, three, one. And when they come to me for training and I'll say, yeah, we, we're not maxing out all the time. It's not effective. We're going to be training further away from failure using RER reps and reserve or RPE. Um, I, f- I sometimes feel a bit of resistance to that and I have to explain it quite a lot and like where the logic is coming from. And I feel that the most dangerous time for me with a client, or the most dangerous time that I might lose a client, is those first few weeks where they're just getting into it. I don't want the client to think, oh, this is easy. Like, why is he giving me this training? Like, it's too easy. And just go, nah, Andy, it's, yeah, I'm going to go back to the way I was training before because it was hard and I, f- I felt like I was getting better results. That's the most dangerous time for me because I know as soon as they've done a whole cycle with me or like preferably a couple of cycles and they see the results and they not blow my own trumpet, but almost always they see really good results in strength. As soon as they see that and they're sold and they go, oh my God, it felt easier in some ways, but also hard in others. And I got better results than I've ever had before. Um, then I'm going anywhere. So it's that initial period where you're like, this is the science. It's not like you've been doing before, but trust me, it works. Like That's the most dangerous time. Yeah, I think it's really interesting what you said there about like when people feel it difficult and feel like it's doing something, there's more buy-in with that. And I think that translates back to what we were saying. Like, so when someone is sitting there like hungry all the time or like, yeah, I'm grinding through it like stuff like clean eating it's like oh yeah I'm, I'm eating nothing but chicken broccoli rice because grind harder bro yeah it's like when you feel it's difficult and you feel what's doing stuff that can be a very weird motivator it's actually a conversation i had with a client recently because she was like i'm just finding it too easy and i'm and as if it was a problem i was like easy <laughs> she was like yeah and i was like you've done everything like nailed it over the past three weeks and she was like yeah I just feel like i need to do something to you know to like motivate it's like but you're doing it and everything like results are happening and it's like and it and it does happen um and so yeah we had that conversation of why and it was like yeah because it's the external validation of those kind of things but i think you're yeah you're quite right in saying that people like to feel like it's hard (laughs) like they do too easy that that is what we call good problems to have if your problem is it's too easy that's great yeah, and I'm always like, it's not going to always be this easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can say, cool, let's take advantage of that while we can and try and hold on to the easiness for as long as possible so that, you know, you've, yeah, you've got some in reserve when it gets harder. Mm. I've got a bodybuilding client, though, just as the kind of yeah. opposite to that. I've got a bodybuilding client that has a date for a show 
and his first cut mesocycle, so the first like block of training where he was, he was losing weight, he said, yeah, it's really easy. So my answer wasn't, okay, let's keep it easy. It was, let's diet harder because we've actually got a time deadline. So that is the, that is the only situation where I'd be like, okay, it shouldn't be easy. Let's kind of get the hard stuff out of the way earlier rather than when you're approaching a show and you're running out of time. Because that's a horrible place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When are you going to compete, Rachel? Never. I know this is the question you get on Instagram all the time. But I know the answer. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah, no. Just not a bit of me. I don't think I'd ever... I never really like competing in... I just like, I just like training. You're not a competitive not enough for you. <laughs> just like... It's like no, I, I stare in the mirror every morning and be like, "Your own competition is yourself." And then I like chat shit in the mirror, and then I pump some iron, and I regs. Yeah. No, uh, I just yeah, I've just never really got the appeal of getting half naked, sprayed up, and oiled yeah. to straight on a stage. And then yeah, it's just not it's just not my vibe to be honest. It's just me versus me, bro. That's what you're all about. I've just got to beat my previous package. Don't want to know anything about your package. Previous package. <laughs> Okay. Sure. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure what training you can do to improve your package. Have you not heard that phrase? If you've not heard that phrase, then that's just a bit awkward. People say, oh, this is the package I brought to the stage and they're talking about... Oh. not talking about their actual package. They're talking about this is like... I've genuinely not heard that. I follow quite I a few... I was talking about a pack oh that's that's embarrassing i'm sorry andy <laughs> quite a few bodybuilders, i've not heard him say about like the package oh. uh, have you got any competitions coming up for your with your power with your powerlifting bits <laughs> my powerlifting bits uh no i haven't i've not booked anything for this year i've been quite pessimistic and we've not booked any holidays and i've not looked at any competitions i've just completely written it off yeah um which is crazy i've actually got a video on my Instagram from when coronavirus first kicked off and we did a lockdown. And I think the government said it was like two or three weeks or something, mm. or maybe they didn't say anything. I was just presuming. Yeah, I think it was three weeks when they first said it. It yeah. was three weeks. Yeah. So I've got a video that basically says, don't worry, don't worry about it. You're not going to lose any muscle in, in two or three weeks. Uh, you can do a bit of home training if you want, you know, it's, it's pretty effective for maintaining muscle, do X, Y, and Z. Uh, but yeah, you know, worst case scenario, three, three, four weeks time back in the gym. <laughs> Looking back at it now, okay. turns out you're out of the gym for best part of a year, maybe more. Yeah. And then we had that weird fuzzy bit where we went back in, got really excited and then they just slapped us around the face. Yeah, again. yeah. Oh, that really got me that. I wasn't too bothered the first time because it, it kind of snuck in, didn't it? But and that, it was summer as well. I think, yeah, that was the, a lot of people's experience was the first lockdown in summer. So you could do other outdoor activity, but then when it was like winter and. Definitely. Yeah. Grim. Grimo. You mentioned craft coaching. What Talk to me about craft coaching. So that's pretty new to you, isn't it? Yeah. So craft coaching is the coaching company myself, Ben and Steve launched about that. Oh. I don't even know how long ago now, probably about five or six weeks ago, I want to say. Mm. Um, and yeah, all three of us. So we are local to each other. We live in like the same towns nearby. Um, and it's like, we're some of the only evidence-based coaches that we know 
around. So there's there's quite a few, but there's like we're the only evidence-based coaches that we know that really want to work with general populations. Um, quite often, I think when someone goes evidence-based, they go, "I want to work with them, like bodybuilders and um, like powerlifters, and, and like which is completely cool." But where we really like working with people is just like yeah, normal people looking to get in slightly better shape, feel slightly fitter, kind of move away from these kind of diet culture kind of vibes. Um, and yeah, those are the kind of people that we want to work with. Uh, so we thought we want to help as many people as possible. And we thought we'd probably be able to do that better if we team up and join forces and be able to yeah offer more things. And yeah, so far it's actually been really, really cool. It's really, it's really interesting working with another coach because like you're similar to me of that only worked by ourselves before that mm-hmm. when you work with another like other coaches and they're doing stuff for the business and driving it forwards or talking to people and stuff you're like oh shit i've got <laughs> i've got to make sure i'm doing that too you yeah, wait yeah yeah and it's been quite cool as well so we've started like referring people to each other and um, because we, we like we we really trust each other's services like we know that each of our services are really really good um and so like for example steve's had a couple clients which are female that have really wanted to work with another female um, and so have passed them on to me. I've had similar of like guys that want to work with guys and it's like sometimes that happens and it's nice to be able to facilitate that with the same like ethos. Um, yeah, through. So it has been, yeah, it's been really cool. It's definitely new. We've got so much that we want to do and just, yeah, it takes a lot of time. It's one of those of that you think, oh, this would be like a day's job and it's like a four-week job. <laughs> it's like- always the way with a lot of things. Do you personally work with guys and girls? Um, yeah so mainly girls um i work with about three guys um but yeah it's main, mainly girls yeah. how, how do you find the difference if there is any significant yeah significant I, think it is, yeah, I think it's very different so um yeah so girls that i don't know if it's just the girls that i work with though um but like a lot of the girls i work with are ones that have come from the back of as i say like years of, of dieting without the success that they want whereas quite a lot of the guys that have found me have been like oh you can deadlift loads or <laughs> i want to get strong in the gym so quite a lot of the guys that i work with it's different it's different goals they're not really usually my niche my niche is probably yeah more looking at um yeah working with mm. let's say girls that have gone through hell and back through dieting yeah. um but just naturally with cut some of the stuff i put out I tend to attract other people but i love working with them as well it, it's different it's cool but um yeah I, w- I work with men and women too and mostly men however the last three clients that i've got have all been women so it's kind of equaled up the numbers a little bit but i love working with women like i don't i don't know exactly what the, the difference is but i just i really like it and i think it's something to do with kind of how we mentioned before um when their goals change so they've probably come to me because their goal has shifted and they've decided i just want to get strong Um, and they've probably they've probably not done much that training before as well so they don't have as many preconceived ideas uh and also just seeing them succeed and get getting a lot stronger with women as well i think um with men there's a lot of ego and maybe they think they're not as strong as they should be whereas with women it's almost the opposite where they think um they, they don't think they can be as strong as I know they can be. So when they kind of get stronger than they ever thought they could be, like they're, they're amazed. I'm like, yeah, this, I mean, this is it. This is what you can do when you, when you train properly and you're not really cool. on a diet and stuff, you know? 
So yeah, mm-hmm. I really love that. So do you work with a lot of different people? Because like you've mentioned, yeah, a bodybuilder and some powerlifters. And so do you work with quite a mix of people or are they very similar? I've got quite I've got quite a mix at the moment. So my brand is Squatsby Strength. So we're all about the strength. Um, for a long time, I pushed really hard on strength and power sports. So I was after athletes from strength and power sports, which is like rugby, American football, fighters. So like uh, mixed martial arts fighters and things. Um, and I love working with those kind of people. It's really interesting to program for. But I'm a powerlifter myself. I'm bothered about strength. So I had quite a few powerlifters as well. Uh, and just ended up with some kind of general physique guys as well. Uh, uh, and people that actually want to compete in bodybuilding as well, a couple. Um, so yeah, I ended up with quite a mix. And I've decided recently to kind of not push so hard on the strength and power sport aspect because there's a lot of strength and conditioning coaches that do solely that and work with teams. So like anyone that's at a high level in a team, they've probably got a strength and conditioning coach like attached to the team as well. So it's possible and there are people out there, but I love when I was really honest with myself and thought, who do I love working with? It's just strength trainees, whether they're powerlifters or just people that are bothered about getting stronger in general. So that's the kind of direction I'm going down. Uh, which is already what I'm branded as strength in the name. So, um, it's exciting though. It's exciting. Yeah, well, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I just love coaching people. I love people. Yeah, getting, yeah, it really comes across yeah. as well, which is really, really cool. That's good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. So when, when I first followed you on Instagram, and we did first meet through uh, Instagram, I think I saw you on a, on a hashtag multiple times and I thought oh, it's this girl again like but she's actually speaking sense again I didn't believe it the first time I think <laughs> this is a true story uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's pretty rare on a random Instagram hashtag to see people actually like talking sensible points multiple times so I was like oh I'll have a look at her I'll follow her I think I messaged you you were henley.fitness at the time does that no longer exist is that gone yeah, so Henley Fitness is in the bin. I've still got some merch, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got some merch. It's like a collector's edition now. The, the, yeah, like someone did say that. I was like, I'll keep that for when you're famous. I was like, yeah. you'll, you'll be keeping it for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, when Craft was born, Henley Fitness died. Um, through the ashes, Rachel.Craft Coaching, whatever my name is. I don't even know what my name is. <laughs> well that was going to be my next question so i hope you do know where can people find you on the internet um so it will be at rachel.craftcoach yeah and that's craft of a k craft of a k yeah i'm dyslexic so you know that's where that came from they left you in, in charge of the branding and you spelled it wrong and they're like oh we've made a mistake straight away <laughs> <laughs> too late it's a k now um, yeah Cool. And if someone wants to work with you or craft coaching in general, where do they go? What do they do? They go to, oh, this sounds so typical of Instagram. We go to the link in my bio because our website is under development at the moment. But yeah. link in my bio will be um, a place to book in a chat, a casual chat, which I do tend to swear in quite a lot to make it super casual. But yeah. I, I think we've, how many times do you think we've sworn in this, uh, in this podcast? I think it's less than our combined averages. Yeah, I've been well behaved. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we'll have to do it again and make up for it. 
Yeah, we will do. And where can we find Andy? I am Andy.squatsby. So it's squats, S-Q-U-A-T-S-B-Y on Instagram, Andy.squatsby. Um, from there, if you want to work with me, just DM me. Let's have a chat. Or if you want to go straight for a call, again, link in bio to my website and there's a like sign up form that you can do. But just DM me. I'm happy to chat to anybody. Would love to talk to you if you are listening. You looked right into the camera as you said that, if you are listening. Did I? DMs too. It's just... <laughs> DM Rachel, chat to her about stuff. Uh, send me memes. If you send me memes, I love you. We both love memes. If you send Rachel frog a meme, memes, send me especially. A meme. I love a frog meme. A what meme? A frog meme. Frog? I follow loads of pages about frogs. I don't know why. <laughs> I just find them hilarious. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Anyway, have to send me that a frog I think it's time meme. that I should go. <laughs> yeah, you have to send me a frog meme page. I didn't know that was a thing. It's just at frog. I mean, it's not. You can do whatever you want, Andy. Be <laughs> using that clip. Oh God! <laughs> I forgot you're still recording. <laughs> oh, don't put that laugh in as I'll well. That was. <laughs>